day of Converge Nation. I'm Shavonda Allen, licensed professional counselor and marriage and family therapist. And I'm here with today's self-care drop. Depression is the leading cause of disability in the world, according to the World Health Organization. Two thirds of those who commit suicide struggle with depression. One in seven women may experience postpartum depression within a year of giving birth. And it's not just adults. Suicide is one of the leading causes of death for 15 to 19 year olds. And more than 70% of youth in the juvenile justice system have a diagnosed mental health disorder. Depression is a mental health or mood disorder. It is characterized by persistent low mood, changes in eating and sleeping, fatigue, trouble concentrating, lack of interest in activities. It can range from mild to severe, and in that severity, it can lead to suicidality as well. Depression is for most people very treatable. So I wanna give you five tips, um, well, some tips on what to do when you realize that you're dealing with depression and what you can do to help yourself or a loved one. So tip number one is to evaluate your sleeping and your nutrition. Are you sleeping too much? Are you having trouble sleeping? You may need to establish or reevaluate your sleep routine. Do you have a lack of appetite? Are you overeating or eating unhealthy foods? You wanna take a look at that and make an effort to correct that. Um, start eating more healthy, address that lack of appetite. Um, if you're dealing with depression, you wanna look at that sleep and nutrition. Tip two is your thought life. Are you thinking a lot of thoughts about the past? Are you thinking unhealthy thoughts or thoughts that are false about yourself or your life around you? Um, I love the way science and the Bible come together as it relates to how you think, because in both, your thoughts affect your feelings and affect what you do. And so evaluating and paying attention to the kind of thoughts you let hang out in your brain is gonna make a big difference in how you feel. Tip number three is support. Are you isolating yourself or are you making efforts to stay connected even if it's just virtually? Um, are you engaging in support groups? Are you engaging in, in spending time with friends and family? Uh, one of the symptoms of depression is isolating. So you might be more drawn to isolate if you are feeling depressed. And part of healing from depression or working through depression is to push through that isolation and be willing to connect anyway. Um, and if you don't have friends and family, there, like I said, there are support groups that you can engage in to give yourself that social support so you're not trying to walk this walk alone. Tip number four would be a doctor visit. Um, there are a lot of things biologically that can have an effect on your mood. And so if you have not had a doctor visit, a full physical where you've told the doctor that you're feeling down or depressed, so your doctor can check things like your hormone levels, your thyroid levels, your vitamin levels, specifically vitamin D, um, you may want to schedule a visit and be specific about how you've been feeling so your doctor can check those very specific things that can affect your mood. Tip number five is, are you in crisis with your thinking? Are you having thoughts like, who needs me? Maybe they're better off without me. Things are never going to get better. You definitely want to reach out to a psychiatrist or counselor as soon as possible if your thoughts have started to go down that path. If you are planning, if you have thought of ways to hurt yourself, then you wanna seek help immediately. If you are in severe crisis, you can call 911. Um, you can take yourself to the nearest 
behavioral health hospital or ask someone to take you to the nearest behavioral health hospital and get an assessment. Um, whether you have money, have insurance, they will make efforts to help you. And then the last tip is to seek the Lord. The enemy is always at work, but specifically when you're down, the enemy will take that opportunity to kind of keep you down, help you stay down by encouraging those negative thoughts that you're having. So you want to draw close to God, stay in the word, uh, try to continue to to go to church or engage with people who are um, believers that they can help keep you bolstered through this time. Um, I want to leave you with some scripture that I think will be encouraging. Romans 12 and 2, Isaiah 40, 31, Isaiah 41 and 10, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, and Philippians 4 and 8. And I'd love to be able to kind of dig into those verses with you and give you a better understanding. Um, but I only have five minutes. So I want you to seek those verses, look into them. If you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. If you are struggling right now and you know, or you know someone who is, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. There is even a crisis text line. And you can text the word TALK, T-A-L-K, to 741-741. Those are both 24-7 hotlines. Someone will answer. Someone will text you back as soon as possible. Please don't try to walk this walk alone. There are resources and ways to get help. You can reach me at www.smallvictoriescounseling.com. I'm more than happy to point you in the direction of a support group a primary care doctor, a psychiatrist, and help you on your journey if you're dealing with depression or help you help a loved one. Thanks again for your time, Converge Nation, and I'll talk to you soon. Hi, Converge Nation. Cassie here with your upcoming news for March. We've been talking about our digital discipleship, and it's time to go from social media to social ministry. On March 1st, we'll be launching our Facebook groups for Converge Men, Converge Her, Converge Young Adults, Converge Students, and Converge Kids. So if you've been plugged in with us before or you want to get plugged in with us now, make sure to accept the invitation to the group or reach out and let us know which one you want to be involved in. We'll also be launching our six-week learning units on March 17th. We look forward to staying connected and growing with each one of you. Hey, Converge family, some exciting news. We have new Converge merchandise. Go over to our e-store and check out our new gear including a retro Love God, Love People tee, a Jesus Over Everything sweatshirt, our 10th anniversary commemorative tee, and a Jesus Greater Than Me t-shirt. The new merch and other Converge branded items can be ordered by emailing merch at weareconverge.com. During the month of March, we have a lot of exciting events as we celebrate our 10th anniversary as a church and one year as Converge Church. The sermon series will highlight our 2021 theme of being a banner year. Better decisions, better outcomes, and fewer regrets. To help us celebrate, we have an awesome lineup of some highly requested guest speakers. Some of you could have faced the prison of a, of a bad mistake. There is life after your mistakes. There's a future beyond your failures. So get up. He said, get ready. Get going. 
The force that is working in you is greater than the force that's working against you. Hi, Converse Church. My name is Pastor Pushy, and I'm so excited to be joining you for your 10th anniversary. Woo-hoo! So join me on the 21st of March. I have a word for you. Listen, if you plan to do anything significant, then this is for you. This is a word that blessed me and I know it's going to bless you. I'll see you soon. God bless. Joseph said, Joseph told his brothers, don't, don't think ill of yourself, for God sent me here in advance to preserve life. So everything I went through was transportation to get me to my destination. So most of us are spending time casting and binding the affliction without knowing affliction is actually transportation to your destination. We look forward to celebrating this exciting church milestone and a great upcoming banner year with you. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah, yeah, louder than my unbelief. I raise a
one more time. Come on, say, I raise a hallelujah. What if we could love the way Jesus did? Passionately, faithfully, powerfully. What if the way we love could make a difference in the world around us? What if that love looked at everyone the way God does? A love which doesn't see the past, but is consumed by a desire to see people come to know Jesus. A love which is patient and kind, not envious or prideful. A love which puts others before ourselves, chooses peace over anger. A love which protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Do we love like this? Do we love like Jesus? Maybe it's time to ask a simple question. How can we love better? Hey there, Converge Nation and our virtual family. Thank you so very much for joining us for this special Converge online broadcast. And here's why it's so special. Uh, It's special because it's bittersweet. Uh, Because we've unfortunately come to the end of the road for this sermon series. Wow, that's boys to men. I know. Come on. Listen, I had two songs going simultaneously. I had End of the Road. And I had it so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Come on, no, so, I was holding it, the mic uh, for you. Uh, me, 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 me. No, I, I don't think they're ready for my vocals. Come on, somebody! But it is bittersweet, <laughs> and uh, but it's so hard to say goodbye to this series because we've had we have received amazing feedback from you, and I think a lot of people uh, have received ministry answers to questions they had clarity uh, where there was uncertainty and so thank you so much for your participation uh, both online and via email uh, sending in questions and uh, and just commenting every single week uh, during the broadcast and and we're grateful to our e-campus directors Dexter and Andrea Jackson I think they have identified people who were uh, are are uh, and they were bringers, man. They were engaged, fully engaged during the broadcast, and they won 
uh, some prizes, uh, some resources that we made available to them. Check this out. It's not too late, all right, because we will give away some resources today uh, on the broadcast. So make sure you're engaging, you're commenting. And if you haven't done so already, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and, and click like, all right, if this message ministers to you. Pastor Wendy, why don't you greet the people and then we'll dive into today's message. Well, greetings, people. Mm -hmm. Now, I piggyback off of what Pastor Ray said. He asked you to subscribe yeah. and to click like, and I'm going to take it one step further and ask you to share the message if you know that it can be a blessing for someone. Even if it's not, you may just want to start a conversation yeah. with a group of friends or get on Zoom or something like that. So we are encouraging you. If you think this is good information, yes, subscribe, like, and share. Now, let me tell you, let me give you one reason why that is so important. You, you have no idea how uh, just one invite, one share can make a difference. Pastor Wendy, I don't know. Do you, I didn't ask your permission, but I think this would be a, a, a really good opportunity to share what happened just a couple days ago on oh, just your yesterday. Instagram, just yesterday yes. uh, on Instagram uh, with, uh, well, why don't you tell the story? Yes. <laughs> well, um, about the plants. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, many of you know that I am a plant mom. Mm. I am a lover of plants. I have, I think, over 50 now, but <laughs> I don't look, the house doesn't look like a crazy plant lady house. It doesn't. I have them nice and neat and, and strategically placed so that their total amount is never indicated. <laughs> anyway, I have been, um, I got uh. some gift cards for Valentine's Day from the family. Uh, and in the plant world, stores like Walmart and, well, I guess not in the plant world, but in the plant world, we use this terminology, big box stores. That would be Walmart, Lowe's, um, Home Depot, those types of stores. So because I have gift cards left over from Valentine's Day, I've been traveling around to the stores trying to find um, a Cebu Blue Pothos. You know if you know. Anyway, I'm looking for this Pothos and I'm not finding it. However, I am finding a tremendous amount of dead plants due to the storm that came through. Right. So I belong to a couple of plant groups in Facebook and I have my own plant channel on Instagram. I keep it everything planting. So in one of my Facebook, in the Facebook group, the big box stores, I said, is it ridiculous for me to continue to hope that I'm going to ever find a decent plant at one of the big box stores. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, got the conversation going because I'm thinking, am I missing something? I don't know why the stores would have out dead plants. Like, right. and it's been almost three weeks now. They, you, I would have thought they would have been removed. Right. Anyway, long story short, another plant person says, hey, I'm from McKinney also. Mm. She sent me a direct message and she said, well, if you can't go to the big box stores, you can go to your local nursery. They've restocked. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. That nursery is just around the corner from my house. Well, in us direct messaging back and forth, she actually went to my Facebook page right. and she sends me a message. Uh, oh my goodness. You're pastors. Yeah. And she goes to a local church and I said, oh, that ministry is great. We just went to their conference in January. Mm -hmm. And she actually went on our page right. and started listening to last week's message. 
I don't know anything about her but that the fact that we love plants. She sent me in a crying emoji back yeah. and said, thank you so much for the discussion on addiction, yeah. which was Shavonda Allen. Um, self-care drop. The self-care drop. Right. That was the beginning of the message. And I just said, oh, I hope the message ministers to you. Right. And she said, it already has. Now, we haven't messaged back and forth. She did say, you know, what are you looking for? I told her I'm looking for this, you know, Cibubu, uh pothos. She has one. She's going to give me some cuttings. But we didn't talk. It didn't get, you know, weird or anything. But it's so amazing. I did not. I didn't even promote the church. Right. I didn't say anything. I was keeping it plants. But she went on. And then I was able to, you know, encourage her. So I hope I have the opportunity to yeah. get to know her and see, you know, she's she goes to a great church. She's got a great ministry. But, you know, sometimes if you've gone through something or even if you're struggling through something, you need a space to be anonymous. Absolutely. You need a space to still receive the ministry, but not have the pressures or the onlooking of people that are looking at you in leadership. Right. And so that was just a precious story, how God got her exactly what she needed without us even having to do anything. Right. But because we have an online presence, Huge. she was yeah. able to receive ministry yeah. of what seemed like something random. I think it was God ordering her steps. Absolutely. That's why, you know, we say this all the time at Converge that uh, uh, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. And uh, we don't think any of that was accidental. In fact, in the Hebrew language, there is no word for coincidence because in the Hebrew paradigm, God is sovereign and he is constantly moving and shaking things and orchestrating things. So that's just one example of how God is using our online footprint, our online presence to reach people. So when we say share the message, when we say subscribe, when we say like, uh, you are making an eternal difference. All right, we're gonna dive into the message. So much we could say, you probably noticed our t-shirts. This is our 10th anniversary commemorative tea in the month of March. Listen, we're celebrating 10 years of God's grace 10 years of God's faithfulness to Converge Church, to our community of faith over the last 10 years, and you're going to be a part of it. In fact, you've already seen all the announcements that Cassie shared early on. We want you to be a part of it. Now, let me emphasize that we will work, be worshiping in person March 26th and 28th, but you must RSVP to attend, all right? So make sure you send us an RSVP to let us know that you'll be there on Friday, March 26th, and again on Sunday, March 28th at 10 a.m. for our worship experience, uh, our Sunday morning gathering, and then also Sunday night for our night of worship with Anthony Evans. The link is simply inperson.weareconverge.com, inperson.weareconverge.com. We look forward to worshiping with you in the building, side by side, face to face, as we acknowledge and give thanks for all that God has done these last 10 years. And as we prepare our hearts for this banner year, listen, better uh, decisions, 
better outcomes, fewer regrets. Let's pray and we'll dive into today's message together. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we thank you that the entrance of your word gives light. <laughs> Father, open our hearts and our eyes to hear, to see, to understand uh, all that you have in store for us. God, your design for marriage uh, is, is, is in your word. And Father, we look to the blueprint, we look to the pattern that we find in your word today. And Father, I ask you now that you would make us uh, hearers, not just hearers of your word, but Father, that you would make us doers in Jesus' name, that we will model what we see in your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen. and amen. As promised last week, we're going to continue where we left off. We're going to answer your questions. Now, last week, we talked mainly about dating. We talked about boundaries. We talked about communication and conflict resolution. There may be some overlap from last week as we answer these questions. But the focus for this week is really around family. It's also around parenting. And uh, man, uh, there's some pretty cool questions that we're going to tackle this morning. Before we read the questions to you and begin the process of answering those questions and looking to scripture uh, for guidance, uh, let me read our anchor text one more time, and I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation, and I love the way it reads in the Passion uh, Translation, Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse number 18. Uh, it says, let every wife be supportive, right? Yes. Be supportive. So when we talk about this word submission, uh, it's really about a wife being supportive. It's about uh, her coming alongside her husband. Uh, remember the scripture says, we read this last week in 1 Peter 3, that that the husband and wife together are joint heirs of the grace of God. So marriage is something that couples do together. Uh, not just side by side, but face to face. So Paul says in Colossians 3, wives be supportive and tenderly devoted to your husbands. Come on, donkey from Shrek. Try a little tenderness. Come on, somebody. You like that? Where did that come from? I Squirrel. Love it. All right. Tenderly devoted to your husband. Listen, for this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Notice, notice that. That's so powerful. It's so, it's so profound that a wife's relationship to a husband is a picture, an illustration, uh, the personification of our devotion as the church to Christ. Verse 19 speaks of the husband's role and responsibility. And it says, let every husband be filled, notice this, with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive toward her. The husband's disposition should be one of cherishing love and that he would never grow insensitive toward her. The children, it says, let children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord, our Lord Jesus. And verse 21 is to parents and fathers don't have oof, unrealistic expectations for your children. One translation says, do not exasperate your children. Another says, do not frustrate your children. But I love this translation because it says, don't have unrealistic expectations. Another way we could say that is don't try to live vicariously through your children. Don't allow your children to be an extension of your unfulfilled dreams. 
You impose on your children the things that you wanted to do, that you hoped to do, that you never got to do, and now you're trying to relive those moments through them. The scripture says, don't exasperate your children and do not place unmet expectations or unrealistic expectations upon them. Why? For your children, uh, 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 why or else they may become discouraged. So when we say this is us, what we want to end this series with is really uh, challenging you to establish family, to establish your marriage, to establish your relationships on this blueprint uh, that God has given us in this text. And you might say, well, Pastor Ray, I don't have a family. I'm not married yet. Listen, that's good news because you know what? You now have a foundation. You now have instructions. You now have a manual for how you can build your marriage and your family and your relationships. Uh, why is that important? Why is it important for you to have a, a godly vision, a Christ-centered vision for your family? So you can say, this is us. Uh, another way to say this is us is this is how we do it here. Another way to say it is this is how we roll. And before we close today's message, we're going to share our family values, our Harmon family values. We're going to share our This Is Us with you just to give you an example of what that blueprint could look like for your family. But we would be remiss if we didn't challenge you at the close of this series to begin considering and thinking about the unique blueprint that God is going to give to your family that is based on his word. Why is it important? That every marriage and every family should have a vision. Here it is, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Once again, the Passion Translation. This is becoming one of my favorite translations. Pastor Wendy knows and Converge, you know, I'm a New King James guy. And then every now and then, man, uh, I'll reference the New Living Translation or the Voice Translation. Man, the Passion Translation is growing on me. And notice what, uh, uh, how this verse is translated in Proverbs 29. It says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. What happens when a family doesn't have a prophetic vision for how they're going to do family, for how they're going to do marriage, for how they're going to do parenting, for how they're going to do discipline and correction? Notice what happens. People quickly wander astray. They lose their way. They deviate from God's plan for their lives individually and for their family collectively. Uh, that verse continues and says, but when you follow the revelation of, of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Listen, that's where we want to live. We want to live uh, where we're experiencing heaven's bliss. Jesus said it this way, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified says that you might have life until it over." flows life to the full until it overflows and that's God's desire and that's God's will for marriage and family but you must have a vision you must have a prophetic vision from God's word of what marriage and family and relationships should look like pastor Wendy Amen. 
I think that was good. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I went long on anything. that too. No, it's fine. I didn't mm -hmm. have anything to, to add. That was good. Okay, so why don't we jump into some questions and then we will give uh, some answers, okay? So as Pastor Randy tells us what the questions are, we're going to read off the questions and then we're going to kind of, we're going to come back and, and answer them. I think that there's too many questions uh, for us to answer individually. Uh, so we'll, we'll read what the questions are and then we will answer them uh, generally. How about that? Yes. And I think um, for the second part, dealing with family and children, people didn't really ask a whole lot of questions. Mm -hmm. They actually just kind of threw out bullet points. That is true. So, um, it was more like, these are the things we'd like for you to speak to, Yes, but not specific things, questions, not specific questions. So it, it makes it a little more tricky to answer because right. we don't know exactly, um, what the scenario is it right. so broad, but we will go over it. We do really appreciate people responding and, uh, sending in the, the topics as well. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just, you want me to read through them and then we just sure. check on them? Okay. I, might, I might interrupt you a couple times. Okay. How about that? All right. Boundaries. Woo, stop right there. Genesis, <laughs> in Genesis chapter one, God establishes boundaries, right? Um, uh, he created everything in six days and called it good. And then when we fast forward to Genesis chapter three, he gave Adam and Eve boundaries. Mm -hmm. He said, you can have all of this. All of this is yours for you to steward and also to enjoy. However, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, untouchable boundaries. I think you said it so uh, powerfully. It was simple, but so profound last week when you said, that doesn't work for me. Uh, every boundary begins with the word no. And the word no is one of the most self-empowering words you will ever speak. Learn to become comfortable with the world with the word no and you will begin to create boundaries around your life and those boundaries are not to isolate you from people those boundaries exist to insulate you from the wrong people from toxic people so boundaries are a lot like guardrails they're there for your protection and we see in scripture that God gave the first family Adam and Eve boundaries when he says don't touch that. Amen? Amen. And we don't know if this person was asking how to set boundaries, mm. um, how to respect boundaries or anything. There are a couple of resources. Um, I know Dr. Henry Cloud has a book called Boundaries. Mm. Uh, I read that book, but a better book for me for the season I was going um, through a certain particular situation is I read Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Safe people. Ah, very good. Safe people read. is a, is an excellent read. There may be a workbook to go with it. And it's really, um, I went in reading the book thinking it was going to talk about, okay, how to choose safe people. And mm. really what it established is how for me to be a safe person. Oh, that's good. And me, cause I'm big on personal responsibility, even though it threw me for a loop, mm. me learning to be a safe person person right. helped me to establish boundaries with other people. Mm. So once I've already established boundaries, I'm not going to violate in someone else, mm. deciding the type of believer I want to be, deciding the type of friend or sister, um, woman I want to be, then that helps, you know, uh, it starts with me. 
So if I am the change I want to see, mm. then I kind of attract what I want. And I'm so not good. into the, you know, this new age stuff and right. all that, but I'm just saying that there there are some spiritual laws that come along with it. But I just wanted to share that is a great resource, Safe People by Dr. Henry Cloud. Here's another one, and absolutely, fantastic book, Safe People. Here's another great resource for you to consider investing in for your personal growth and development. It is Necessary Endings, all right? Uh, listen, there are times uh, when it is absolutely necessary, absolutely essential uh, to create boundaries by ending certain relationships, uh, walking away from unsafe people. Include that in your library, Necessary Endings. I believe it's also by Dr. Dr. Cloud, or is probably by Cloud and Townsend, Necessary Endings. All right, what's the next thing people want to hear about, Okay, Nick? Family Vision, which we're going to cover at the end. We are, yes. Yes, um, consistency in a relationship. Oh, man. And How do we say that? Yeah, How? that's that's pretty broad because in a relationship, that could be a friendship, that mm -hmm. could be, is that a dating relationship? Is it a marital relationship? Mm. And so... Yeah, no, very good point. What we'll say to consistency is simply this. No one is always motivated. That's where you must become disciplined. No one is motivated 100% of the time. No one feels like it 100% of the time. That's where discipline matters. And so consistency is a result of discipline. Discipline is not driven simply by motivation, okay? So my encouragement to you is your consistency in life is going to be a direct result of discipline. Now, let me tell you about discipline. Discipline is when we exchange what we want now for what we want most. I'll say that again. Discipline happens when we are willing to surrender and exchange what we want right now for what we want most. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, most mornings, what I really want is sleep. Well, I can't use myself as an example because I do sleep. But some of you are saying, man, I'd rather sleep right now. But you know what? What I want most is to work out. I want to have a healthy body. And so what I want now is sleep. What I want most, what I want most is, 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 is overall health and wellness. And so uh, consistency in a relationship requires discipline that you do it even when the feeling has dissipated or gone away. And that's what commitment is like, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody feels it 100% of the time, but you're committed. And commitment is the choice you make long after the feeling is gone critically important and that should be one of the key factors in how you preserve and protect your relationships it is commitment it is discipline but it can't be informed only by your feelings and when you're motivated right right all right good. all right the next one is remarriage and blended families mm. all right what you got there well remarriage is um I wish we had a specific question, right? Uh, but um, I guess we didn't discuss this, but for yeah. those who don't know, I can share a little bit of my testimony. 
many of you may not know this um a lot of the converge people do but if you're new or if you're just joining us online you may not know this but this is actually my second marriage uh pastor ray um took a long time to find me and i messed up <laughs> let me not say that um it is my second marriage and uh the the first time i can go into a whole hour-long spiritual breakdown mm. of what happened in the first marriage and i take full responsibility what happened is i missed god uh i did not know the voice of god therefore the signs um that the lord was trying to show me uh i just kind of threw to the side and the lord warned me and he showed me I just didn't know what what was going on. I didn't know that the Lord could speak to you. I was having dreams. Um, mm -hmm. I was seeking wise counsel and I was from my church family and I was not given the best counsel. Mm -hmm. uh, back then, I don't think that pastors were as courageous as they are now. Mm -hmm. So I think my pastors back then were afraid to say, this is not going to work. Mm. So they just kept throwing scripture at it, which wasn't an answer for me. Um, but me uh, being ignorant to the voice of God did not keep me from the consequence of my choice. Mm. And so 10 months into the marriage, my ex-husband came home and he said, uh, do you ever feel like not coming home? Mm. And I said, do you ever feel like not coming home? And he told me, when I come home, sometimes when I see your car in the driveway, I'm like, man. And so um, that relationship did not work out. Uh, and it was another seven years until I met Ray. Um, when we, we met in Bible school. And Bible school was a way for me to, it was God's providence, but in my mind, it was a way for me to hide out. I felt like, oh my goodness, I'm damaged goods. Mm. You know, I messed up. I got married and now there's no good Christian guy that's ever going to love me. And I'm not crying tears of sadness. Mm. I'm just remembering just the grace of God Come that on. I walk in. Good. I am so grateful that I don't have to live by um, man's standards. Mm. And I, I was good. really broken. And so in Bible school, my major was world missions. I had done um, uh, a month in India. I had come back to the States to graduate and I was getting ready to leave for two years to go to Bangkok, Thailand. Um, but I had spent all my money going to India. And so <laughs> I needed to go back to teaching. Uh, Ray and I were dating, we were in a relationship, but he was. we were in Oklahoma. He got an internship here in Texas. I didn't know if I was going back to Atlanta. Things were up in the air. Um, and this week we made 20 years of marriage. Yeah. So, Come on, somebody. So I tell you. Come that on. <laughs> hey. Hey. Glory so to God. So I tell you that. Hey. For, well, I'm so glad you're still shouting. Woo. Come on. Still shouting. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. But I share that story with you is for those of you, you may have found yourself, you know, either left at the altar or divorced. Mm. My case was divorced or um, a called off engagement. I just want you to have hope. Mm. I want you to have hope in Jesus. Even though I was in Bible school, I just felt so ashamed. Mm. I loved God, I repented, I had wise counsel. Um, 
from a different pastor. Uh, I didn't leave that church because of that, but the Lord just moved me on. And I did receive healing and restoration as far as man was concerned, but there was a lot of shame and condemnation that I felt within myself. And I just, because I love God, I just couldn't wrap my head around how I could miss him so tremendously. Mm. But you know what? Had I not made those choices back then, I would absolutely have nothing to say right now. And so what I live out is Romans 8, 28, that all things, even that thing, work together for the good yeah, yeah, of yeah. Wendy because I love the Lord and I'm called according to his purpose. And so it's not a great banner to wave around. Oh, guess what? I'm divorced. But when uh, the conversation comes up, I can identify with mm -hmm. people when people think that you know, we've been together 20 years and they're like, oh, their relationship is so wonderful and perfect. We, we, we've got some stories. We, 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 we have a story um, individually. Pastor Ray had never been married. And so that was another source of um, uh, angst for me because I thought, oh, my goodness, this guy, he really he's not going to be able to marry me. He's never been married. And, you know, he loves God so much. He's got this bright future in ministry. And so when we started dating, uh, my, my, the Oma and the Pape gave me a call. And so I told him, have you told your parents I was married before? He's like, no. And when I expressed that to them, the Oma's response was, oh, baby, God delivers us through so much. We are so glad to have you. You are our daughter. <laughs> Amen. And that was Got that Liberian accent down. <laughs> Come and on. That was another level of healing. Of course, my family yeah. had always been supportive of me, but when I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I'm never going to have kids, so I'm just going to be a missionary, or no good Christian guy is ever going to want to marry me, so I'm just going to be a missionary. And so I live out every day God's goodness, and He is no respecter of person, and I'm nobody special. I, I loved God, had been in church all my life. And I still missed it. Mm. But God has redeemed me. He has covered my shame. He mm. set me in. He has allowed me to be in places and to, to just experience things that 23 years ago I didn't think was possible mm. at all. And so when it comes to remarriage, just have good counsel around you. Um... Take all the steps we talked about last week, but I want you to be hopeful. I yeah. don't want you to wear a cloak of shame. I did not initiate uh, the divorce. Um, and so I was served papers and I just kind of followed along. Even if you are the initiator of the divorce, there are so many reasons. And the Bible does give a clear reason uh, as to how we can get divorced. Mm -hmm. That clear reason was not my case. There was no infidelity on my ex-husband's part or on my part. I just felt like I was kind of thrown away. Um, but God has restored and Amen. God has been so good and he's so faithful. And that's what I pass on to you is that God is a restorer. He is a redeemer. He, he is. is faithful and he mm. will give you the desires of your heart. So I good. desired to be married, but I thought it wasn't possible. So I was just doing what I knew to do until I knew exactly what to do. Mm. And so uh, I just wanted to share that with you to be hopeful. When it comes to blended families, we're going to talk more from um, outside experience right. because even though this is my second marriage, we didn't have children. Mm -hmm. I didn't have children. 
he didn't have children and so we did not experience um the blended family dynamic uh but i think it is it it's workable it is if you just follow the steps of love uh, sabrina and chuck smith aren't here today but they have a beautiful story about being a blended family yeah. and a couple of weeks ago Sabrina and I were out to dinner and I was laughing with her well she wasn't laughing but she was telling me the story about when she and Chuck got married how he was just spoiling mm. Logan mm. and Logan is Sabrina's biological daughter uh, and he just was so excited to have a daughter and I just thought that yeah. is such a precious story so yeah. i didn't get their permission to give any details so i'm not going to give any details <laughs> but blended families you go back to boundaries you know having good heartfelt conversations mm -hmm. before the blending takes place right um and just speaking the word of god into the children but if we go back to the blueprint out of colossians that guarantees you 100 percent chance right. for success even in a blended family more times than not, the blended family can be such a healing um, balm, especially for the children, when done right, when done in love, the way God would have us to do it. So I love that story that we have, um, that we know people personally, mm -hmm. that the blending of the family wasn't like going in the blender, getting all chopped up and trying to put it together. Mm -hmm. But there is just an example of love and of restoration of covering that I just think is beautiful and doable. Absolutely, absolutely. I 100% concur. A lot of amazing families are converged church, are blended families. Uh, I think of Dexter and Andrea Jackson, yes. uh, how they parent, how they love mm -hmm. their children unconditionally. And uh, and so, but there are some great resources out there if you're uh, in a blended family, starting a blended family. Uh, one of them is Life in the Blender. Mm -hmm. uh, Life in the Blender, I believe it's by Sandy Patty. And then, uh, blended Together Forever. That's a website. Our friends Craig and Gina Morgan uh, started that years ago uh, because if you consider the divorce rate uh, in America, but then also in the church, it's, it's inching closer towards 60%. That means more than half of all marriages, first-time marriages, will end in divorce. Uh, that's a staggering and sobering statistic. That also means that uh, most people uh, who have been through divorce, half of these people who were once married will remarry. And, and so uh, blended families, remarriage is a reality, not only in culture, but also in the church. We encourage you to take those, take a look at those resources, Life in the Blender, and also Blended Together Forever. Uh, you can just do a search on Google and find it there. As you were sharing, I just had this thought, and, and well, I say it's a thought, but it's a quote, and it's Henry Ford, and I believe Henry Ford said, failure uh, is an opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. I'll say that again. Failure is simply an opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. And that's what we'll say to you if you are single or single again, or especially single, to, single again, uh, if you're a widow or a widower, if you're divorced, uh, whatever your status might be, uh, whatever the, the, the misstep or the mistake may have been, God gives us brand new opportunities in Christ to begin again. And you and I have to look no further than the story of Ruth 
and her mother-in-law, uh, uh, Naomi, and her sister-in-law, Orpah, who were all widows. But when you read the story of Ruth, you see this beautiful picture of a woman who once loved but learned to love again. And she, met, she meets this wonderful man named Boaz, and she is grafted into the lineage of Jesus because failure is neither fatal nor final. And in Christ, new beginnings are possible. And Amen. It's a great learning lesson. Um, you know, through my divorce, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't in a situation where I could say, he did this, he did this, he did this. Fortunately, it caused me to look at myself mm. and I could see how I was just such a Pharisee. I mean, I was a church girl and mm. I was just so legalistic and so rigid and mm. so, uh, yeah, I don't think it was bad enough that I needed to be thrown away, but I did learn some lessons about myself that, ooh. I, I wasn't following the word. I wasn't being tender in my relationship. I was being very rigid and at mm. church six days a week. You can serve, but there are just some things that just were unnecessary. And just out of my youth, I just didn't know any better. And I wanted right. to just love God. And so it caused me a time to reflect. I would say about uh, the blended family, though, if you are in a situation where you are considering marrying somebody and you're like, you can't say nothing to my kids. You can't discipline my mm. kids. They're my kids. That is not a healthy start. And we would advise against that. Right. If you don't have a, a, an established trust where the family can actually blend, that is doing detriment to the spouse, to mm. the children, to yourself. So if you feel that strongly about it, then this isn't really a relationship that you need to get into because there's a Liberian proverb that says, when two elephants fight, yeah. it's the grass that suffers. Mm. So if the adults are not on the same page, the adults are resilient. They can bounce back, mm -hmm. but who will suffer the most? It will be the children. Right. And so if you're in a situation and you feel like, you know, we're going to get married. It's just me and you. My kids are hands off. Mm -hmm. Then that is, um, it's not time. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the biggest shift that has to happen mentally mm -hmm. is uh, you have to shift from yours, mine to ours. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's something for you to really consider. Uh, because what's yours is mine, what's mine is yours, it becomes ours. All right, all right, let's move along. Hopefully that helped you if you're uh, in a blended family situation, if you're remarried or considering remarriage. Let's skip this one, we'll end this one here. Okay. Uh, we'll end with this one, I think. Okay. Uh, let's go to this next one. You here? Oh yes, let's go yes. to that one, yeah. The next one was ministering to drug addicted children. Um, I love the use of the word ministering mm. because that's what has to take place. Many times as parents, we may not be equipped. Um, what I do encourage you to know is that number one, it's not your fault. Mm. It's, it's, it's not your fault unless you've been where you actually introduce the child. Um, our children's choices are not necessarily a direct indicator of our goodness as parents. Right, right. They are human beings in a very 
accessible world. Right. Online, in person, uh, just information, resources, getting into stuff is every year that goes by, it just gets easier and easier. And so, um, number one, we would encourage you to get the child some help. Don't brush it under the rug. Right. And simultaneously, as you are getting help for your child, you get help as well. Right. Um, there are so many things I can say about this, but I don't want to, to violate um, anybody's trust, so we're not going to be able to share uh, stories. But right. uh, what you want to do is you always want to be able to look yourself as a parent in the mirror and say, I did mm -hmm. the best I could. Sometimes that will manifest in having strong boundaries and those strong boundaries, they hurt. Mm -hmm. I know we had Lamar Slay and his son mm -hmm. come and speak to us one Father's Day and Lamar Slay and his son have a ministry and they talk about the horrors of his son being in drugs and I mean the strict boundaries they had to have. Like, right. no, you cannot come in the house and him sleeping out and outside the home in a cold car because he kept violating the boundaries. There were other children in the house, siblings, and then just everything that goes along with it. And, you know, they talk about the terror of thinking that, mm -hmm. you know, he's going to lose his life and not wondering, am I doing the, the right thing? And God has been so graceful. God yeah. has been so merciful. We've had, Pastor Ray and I have had opportunities to pray with parents, um, not only in converged church, uh, but even outside, even, you know, this, this unfortunate situation can affect us any class, any race, any Absolutely. social, in public school, in homeschool, yeah. even in homeschooling situations, they can, you know, the children can be exposed to somebody at a job or a friend or right. an older sibling. And so seek help, Good. seek help. Um, and don't be prideful about what you think other people are going to think. Yeah. When it's all said and done, they will see you have the victory in Jesus. And so. Yeah. No, very good point. Listen, I, I want to set your hearts at ease uh, and just piggyback off of what uh, Pastor Wendy said. Uh, your children's failures are not necessarily a direct reflection of your failures as a parent. The scripture says that folly, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And so children, uh, and even when they're a little bit older, are going to make bad decisions. It's because of the sin nature. Listen, if, if our children's choices were entirely our fault, then we would have to go on record as saying the worst parent ever is God. Right. And we go back to the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3. When God says to Adam and Eve, this is right, this is wrong. This is good for you, this is bad for you. And they still disobeyed God. And guess what God did? He put them out of this place of provision. And he I set a boundary. He set a boundary. Mm -hmm. He set a boundary. And so, number one, your children's choices are not always a direct reflection on yourself as a parent or the result of poor parenting. Second thing I'll say is, uh, like Pastor Wendy said, you have to establish boundaries. Mm -hmm. Go to If you go to Luke chapter 15, you'll read these three parables. And these three parables are a picture of God's love for us. Yes. There's a parable of the lost sheep. 
There's the parable of the lost coin, and then there's the parable of the lost son, or the parable of the prodigal son. In this story, we're, we're, we're getting a glimpse. You see, the story is more about the father's love than the son's rebellion. Right. You got to get that right. When you read the story, have to read the story through the lens of the father's love. In fact, the word prodigal means extravagant. This is really the story of the extravagant father, the prodigal father, the father who was extravagant in his love. But notice what the father does. When the son made up his mind that he was going to leave the house and subsequently squander his inheritance, there's no record in scripture that the father went looking for him. I want that to sink in. It wasn't for a lack of love, but there's no record in scripture that the father left his house to go looking for his adult son. But notice what happens when his son has squandered his inheritance and his wealth. The scripture said that the son came to his senses and he said, there is more food for all of my father's servants and enough to spare. I'm going to go back to my father's house and make it right. Notice the two things they have. Father didn't go looking for him, but in a moment of clarity, the son knew that no matter what he had done, he could always return to the father's love. Two things I'm going to say. Number one, number one, you become an enabler when helping them is hurting you. And that's what the father didn't do. He gave him his inheritance, but when he made the decision that he's going to leave, this father who loved him so much to fully restore him didn't go looking for him. Number two, when the son came to his senses and put away what the scripture calls riotous living, he had a place to come, not as a servant, but fully restored as a son. And what that means is sometimes tough love and boundaries are necessary, but always, always in your relationship with your children, let them know that they can always come home, regardless of what they've done, to a house and to a father and a mother that loved them deeply. Once and they've received healing. Once they've received healing, mm -hmm. okay? The prodigal son knew. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of children um, wedge deeper and deeper to the rebellion because they, they don't believe that they can come home because their history is too dark. Listen. Your children need to know that when they've experienced healing, they have a home that they can return to. Amen. Let's move on. And I just wanted to share this. God is still a miracle working God. We had a, a, an opportunity um, one time and a parent called and we were believing for the child uh, the child was far, far away struggling with drugs. And I mean, we prayed down heaven. Right. And the very next day, yeah. Yeah. the child was able to get into a facility where mm -hmm. it looked like it would be months and months. Right. There are, it, you getting support is not just to cope. It is to have to be able to join people in prayer mm -hmm. and to see God do those miracles. Because if you think you love those babies, mm -hmm. it doesn't even scratch the surface of the love God has right. for your babies. So, and good. so uh, 
get yourself some help, get some support around you, but do not be ashamed. Amen. Don't don't have any shame with it. All righty. Well, okay. we've got so many questions. So yes. for the rest of the time together, I think we're going to have to go rapid fire answers. Okay. okay? Do you want uh, me to go to this one last? Yes. Okay. Go to this one next? Yes. All righty. Well, well, we'll do that one in uh, sort of the acrostic okay. that we do Alrighty. at the end. All right. Uh, somebody sent in topics to consider friend relationships, how to navigate grief and how to support someone going through a divorce. The next question was balancing individual personalities with the character. No balancing individual personalities with character of God, mm -hmm. discipline, maintaining the mind of Christ. And then somebody else said, wanted us to talk about infidelity friend choices, and mental health. All righty. As you can see, we ain't going to be able to tackle those questions today. So this is our promise to you. Mm -hmm. This is our promise to you. We will get to these questions in our next relationship series. Uh, it may not even be a sermon series. It may be a Facebook Live that we do. It may be something we post to IGTV. Rest assured, we will answer these questions for you in the weeks to come. I think we can a little bit connect the dots. Like we, you already talked about discipline early on, right. how to be disciplined. Um, just quick answers, maintaining the mind of Christ, read the word. To know the mind of Christ, it comes directly from his word. God has a love letter to us, a road map, a mirror, everything all encompassing. How do you start reading the word? You can get on version and download some Bible apps. Uh, we just hit the month of March. Another thing you can do is just go through Proverbs. There are 31 chapters. Each day you can read one chapter of Proverbs with that uh, corresponding day. Um, I think we talked about, we kind of intermingled friend relationships. Uh, balancing individual personalities, I, I don't think it's ever a balance. We just walk in love with people um, and, and pray for them. Uh, and then the other things, friend choices, uh, mental health. We're trying to tackle mental health issues with having the self-care moments with Shavonda right. Allen before our message starts. Get some help and take your medicine if that's your case uh, with mental health. Do those things that help you be your best you. Uh, infidelity, we would need to really spend some time with that. Right. Um, restoration is possible. Though infidelity is the single acceptable reason for divorce, according to God's word. Right. Uh, I know cultures say, well, if this person does that, I'm never going to forgive him. It's over. Uh, anybody can be given to making a mistake if they're willing to get healing. Remember, the thing is not about that thing. The infidelity is not about, ooh, she looks so good. You know, that's just a manifestation of something deeper going on. If you can answer the question of what is deeply going on right. and get to the root of the situation, then you can handle the problem. But most people don't just wake up and say, hmm, this would be a great day for me just to just break my spouse's heart and destroy the marriage. They aren't thinking that way. And so something deeper is 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 going on. Um and so, yeah, uh, so that I don't want your... people to say they told us to write in and then they didn't go over. So I tried right. to rapid fire. Just monk, monk, monk. got it. No, very good stuff. OK, uh, so here's where we're going to close. Here's where we're going to close. Uh, this is us. 
you must have a vision for your family. The scripture gives us a blueprint for that. Uh, remember last week we said what we have in life, what we have in relationships is a direct result of design or default. Design, what we create, default, what we tolerate. And here it is, uh, what you tolerate, you cannot change. So don't complain about what you allow. Uh, that's critically important to understand. So our goal as we close out this series is that you will create your marriage and your relationships by design. We made that decision uh, probably about five or six years ago when we came up with what we call our Harmon Family Values. And we just want to share them with you uh, because you can use it sort of as a prototype, as a model for us. It is a mnemonic uh, 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 acrostic uh, for the word family. And each letter represents one of our core values as a family that we embrace and that we practice on a consistent basis. We use this to evaluate the health and the strength of our family. For us, our word was simply family. You could take anything, all right? Uh, you could take, uh, it doesn't even have to be an acrostic, but if you were to choose an acrostic, it could be uh, your family last name, and you come up with values based on the first letter of each letter of the, I mean, each letter of your last name, right? Uh, be creative with it. You could choose the word love and come up with uh, core values based on the word love. You be creative, but make sure it's, it is authentic and it speaks to the vision, the unique vision that God has given to your family. So here we go. Here we go, uh, family. Uh, these are the Harmon family values. This is our prophetic vision for our family and our children. So the F, the F is, here we go, drum roll please. It is have, that was good baby. What? Skills. All right, the F is have fun. And it might not seem like a big do deal for you, but listen to what the scripture says in Nehemiah, I believe it's chapter 8 and verse 10. Simply says this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, there's strength that comes from laughter. And for us, one of the reasons we have fun together, the reason we laugh a lot is when the laughter stops, it's often replaced by shouting or silence. Shouting means somebody comes out and gets in your face or silence means that someone retreats. Either response is equally detrimental to the marriage and to the health of the family. So we laugh a lot. When the laughter stops, it's an indication that something may be off in the marriage and the relationship. The A, the A is affirm each other often. Man, speak blessing. In fact, the word blessing in the New Testament uh, is derived from a Greek word, eulageo. Eulageo, where we get the word eulogy. It means to speak well of. You know how you go to a funeral and at the funeral, man, they're, they're, they're eulogizing the deceased. And all you hear is these stories of how good they were. Well, that's what blessing is. And that's what affirmation looks like. It means to speak well of. Speak well of your spouse. Speak well of your children. Uh, take a cue from God's playbook where he spoke well of his son, Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And here's the caveat. Uh, your affirmation of your spouse, your affirmation of your children should not only be performance based, uh, meaning you, you reserve your words and your kind, uh, your, your, 
your uh, affirmation of your children for those moments when they're at their best. Listen, your spouse, your children need your affirmation when they're not at their best. Sometimes they need it most when they're at their worst. To know that dad, uh, that mom still love me. Mm -hmm. I'm still valuable and I still matter even when I'm not at my best. The M is maximize moments and make memories. Take a lot of pictures, post them to, to, to Facebook, social media, um, uh, go on trips with your family if you can afford it. In fact, it doesn't have to be expensive. Do fun things with them, but make memories. And the key to making memories is invest time. Invest time in your children. Zig Ziglar said it this way, most of us climb the ladder of success only to find that the ladder is leaning against the wrong building. Most of us invest our time in, in, in getting paper and getting rich and building the business and building the, the, building the ministry uh, to the, to the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To the detriment of our family. And, and the, we don't maximize those moments and we don't make memories because we're distracted by all these other things. One of the decisions I made a few years ago is that the, the, the whisper of family, the whisper of family would always eclipse the roar and the applause and the accolades of ministry. That means when my family whispers, I can hear their whisper over the shouts and the praises that could come from being successful in ministry or the marketplace because my priority is to maximize those moments with my wife and to make memories with my children. I, the I is inspire greatness. The scripture declares that our seed, our children will be mighty upon the earth. So we believe that for them. We pray that over them and we inspire greatness. We inspire them to excel. We inspire them to be their very best. Does that mean that all of our children will be A students? No, thankfully our children do well at school, but we inspire greatness in three areas. Number one, academics, that's always the priority. We want them to do their best and excel academically. So many stories we could tell you about that, but we just don't have the time to do it. That's the first A, academics. Number two is athletics. We want our children to explore different opportunities, different uh, athletic, uh, yes, yeah, sports, uh, athletic endeavors. Uh, Levi's played uh, softball. He's played basketball. Oh, he played baseball. I'm sorry, he played baseball. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, he played coaches pitch baseball when he was about six, mm -hmm. and he played basketball, karate. karate. We gave them these opportunities. Nia uh, runs track at McKinney High, and we're super proud of her, but we want them to excel athletically. Number three, uh, the arts. We want our kids to be exposed to the arts as well and to culture. And so we expose them to these things, and we want them to excel in these areas. But there's so many ways you can inspire greatness in your children. For us, it's the three A's. Uh, but I guess, I guess even beyond the three A's, we want our children to be respectful. Uh, we want them to be good friends. We want them to be trustworthy. We could go on and on and on. The L is love unconditionally. And just like we said with the, the, the father of the prodigal son, this good, good father, uh, he loved unconditionally. And when we love unconditionally, it's, 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 it's uh, this, this emotion and this sense of acceptance that we express uh, uh, in spite of someone's imperfections, not because they do everything perfect. And our children need to know that they are loved 
not when they're at their best, but they're still loved even when they're at their worst. Here's the why. The why is simply yield to God because none of this is possible if we don't first yield to God. And for us, when we say this is us, when we say this is the Harmons, these are the six values that drive how we do marriage and family. And as we close out this series, our prayer for you, our prayer for you, our prayer for you is that you will discover the unique blueprint that God has for your family based on Colossians 3, 18 through 21, based on Ephesians 5, 25 through 31, I believe it is, and uh, that you will enjoy, not just endure, these most important relationships in your life as a husband, as a wife, as a child, but also as a parent. Pastor Wendy, man, there's so much more we didn't get to, yeah. uh, but we'll have to do that another time. Yes, yes. I love the, the you know, affirming each other often. That mm. is not performance-based mm. because it seems like how can you affirm, you know, with, you know, you want to say, oh, you did a great job, mm -hmm. but affirming someone could just be giving them your undivided attention Good. when they have a story to tell you. Okay. You know, if they are saying, oh, this happened at school. Mm. Um, Levi came in the room yesterday, last night, and I'm looking at plant videos. It's, you know, probably about, I don't know, must have been before nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to tell me about something. I took the headphones out. I put the iPad down and I looked at him. Yeah. That is affirming what that saying to him is, you are important to me, Levi. Right. What you have to say, it means a lot. Um, I encourage you to when you're talking about this is us, this is how we do it here, we speak that language, mm -hmm. you are a harmon. We never right. tell our children and we don't let anybody else say, oh, you're pastor's kids. Right. We never, we make them identify as a harmon and this is how we do it here. We had um, one of the kids wanted to go and do something. They had just come from practice and you know they hadn't had a shower or anything and they were like oh i want to go do this right here and then i said well as a harmon that's not putting your best forward why don't we arrange it so you can plan it i didn't say oh i don't want somebody from church to see you and say something this is who we are and we want to set our children up for success. I didn't want to place my child in a situation where someone would look side-eyed at them or wonder, well, why are you dressed like that right. when they're being responsible? And so we'll just plan a little differently. So that's just a few little nuggets, to, you know, as far as when you come up with your family rules, uh, instead of the children identifying with wherever your status is in society, have them identify with this is who you are as a harmon. This is this is how we roll. Affirming them, um, enjoying those moments, whether it's just sitting at the table together, mm. that could just be enjoying a moment. Turning off television. I know today we sat down for uh, brunch, breakfast, lunch, and we needed to talk about so many things. Anniversary, this message, but you said, hey let's you know watch this this program together mm -hmm. and then you know even getting ready we're listening to the governor or news and that might not seem big but that's a connection point Absolutely. because you can have good conversation outside of 
dropping the kids off and picking them up. So we hope some of this helped you. If you had more questions, feel free to email us at info at weareconverged.com and we'll try to get you um, get to you if you had something that's just so pressing that you need to to have an answer to or you need direction in you can still reach out to us if you say hey you all didn't get to my question and I really want to know we can uh, get with you one-on-one -on -one through email uh, I'm saying we but mostly <laughs> we'll leave that to the genius over here so Amen. Well, we pray. Thank you, Pastor Wendy. We pray that this series has been a blessing to you. We didn't get to all your questions. We will do that. We promise we will do that offline uh, sooner rather than later. I say offline, but in another setting uh, beyond this series. We pray again that this series has been a blessing to you. Uh, thank you for being a part of our virtual family. Make sure, make sure you don't put this off. We want to make sure we have a headcount for our 10th anniversary celebration. Make sure you RSVP uh, today. Uh, and here's the link on the bottom of the screen, inperson.weareconverge.com. That is inperson.weareconverge.com. Uh, Select when you will be attending, Friday, March 26th at 7, uh, Sunday, uh, March 28th at 10 a.m., and then again, the night of worship uh, on Sunday, March uh, 28th at 5 p.m. with Anthony Evans. Listen, guys, we love you. Let's pray for you as we close out this series together. Father, thank you uh, for your faithfulness to us. Uh, God, I pray that uh, each one uh, would yield uh, to what we've heard and that, Father, we would uh, uh, take your word, apply it to our hearts, apply it to our relationships, our marriages. Father, let your word be a healing balm to relationships and families that are struggling. And Lord, we thank you that as we are doers of your word, we will see, we will see the fruit the fruit of doing things your way. And Lord, I just pray restoration and reconciliation, healing and favor over every friendship, over every relationship, over every marriage. And God will be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise as we continue to build families by design, not default. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You got I have one more. I know you're going to try to blow up our email and our phone saying, how can I get my anniversary shirt? <laughs> you can't buy the shirt separately. They, come in, they are coming in the exclusive commemorative anniversary boxes. The boxes can come with double items or single items. We're going to get an email out and information, but you can't just go to the e-store and buy this shirt. You have to, it comes in a package with the anniversary box so and there's pretty cool stuff in the anniversary box yeah, too so we'll get that to you but while supplies to, last while supplies last don't try to text me after the message <laughs> and say oh i've got to get me a shirt like that and then i can't break the rules so all of my siblings don't send me a text because i have to follow the rules right you have to order your commemorative anniversary box and that information will be going out God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear. Or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us 
at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com slash give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.